Robert Pattinson might just be the best Batman yet. Give him a chance. What's up, Story Geeks? It's Daryl Smith. On today's podcast, Bryant and Barbara Dillon from Fanbase Press join me and Sandra Demas to dig deeper into the future of DC films. This is the final episode in our DCEU series. Be sure to check out last week's episode on Aquaman. And after this, we might be going dark for a couple of weeks or we might release a couple special things. We'll wait and see. And then we're going to come back with a whole new series on the X-Men films. So subscribe for free on your preferred podcast provider so you don't miss out on any of that. For articles written by Ashley Pauls and Anthony Holder, and to access all of our premium content, including our aftercasts, visit storygeeks.com. On today's aftercast, the follow-up podcast to this one, you'll hear all four of us talk about the other corners of DC film and TV adaptations and what some of our favorites are. So thanks for listening in. The Story Geeks podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. And now it is time to dig deeper into the future of DC films. Well, Bryant and Barbara Dillon, welcome to the Story Geeks podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. It is an honor to have you. I've enjoyed meeting you guys. I've enjoyed checking out your work. I'm excited to talk to both of you tonight. Um, Before we get started on the topic, why don't you just let everybody know what you guys are doing over there at Fanbase and where they can find you and all that good stuff. Absolutely. So Fanbase Press is an independent comic book publisher. We have been in business since 2010. Uh, So next year will be our 10th anniversary. And uh, we publish uh, comic books and graphic novels of all different genres and for all different uh, audiences and age groups. Everything from horror and fantasy to action adventure, superheroes, we even have a geeky crafting book. So uh, we like to say that we celebrate fandoms and create new ones because not only do we publish new works, but we also have a staff all across the country that provides daily reviews, interviews, as well as a full podcast network that supports other creators of all kinds, not just comics, uh, movies, TV, gaming, theater, everything, uh, because we want to give a voice and a platform to other creators to share their story and and share their perspectives and and celebrate fandom in a a positive and safe space. Super cool. Super cool. I love it. I love it. We have Sandra Demas with us too, obviously. Sandra, say hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And as we were talking before the show, Sandra and I have both had the chance to meet you guys and I, you were talking a little about, a bit about the stuff that you do online. I love following you guys online because <laughs> you, you know, like, like any art form, comics, a lot of the great stuff is the stuff that you don't hear about. It's the stuff that doesn't have the support of a DC or a Marvel or an image. And I really see you guys out there championing the small guys and pointing people towards stuff they may not already know about, so... I think that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that's definitely you know a big part of our mission, and, and given that we ourselves are uh, indie creators that come from a self-publishing you know background, uh, we we totally believe in like you know bringing a, a further attention to to uh, creators of of all size. Totally. Yep. Well, are you ready to talk about DC Films? Of course. Let's do it. Awesome. <laughs> so this is this is the uh, conclusion episode to our series that we've been doing on the DCEU, um, as we call it. I know that's not the official name for it, but it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a quick and easy term. 
Um, so we're going to kind of talk about the future and what's ahead. And it's funny because we had, you know, as you guys know, we were going to record this last week, but a couple of us got sick. So we pushed it back. Right. And since then, there's been some pretty big news. So I think it actually works out well <laughs> that we're recording it now. Absolutely. It's very true. Um, but before we look ahead, let's look back a little bit and let's actually go back before the DCEU and, um... Let's talk about some of our favorite films that came before that, you know, DC films that came before the DCEU, whether it's from the Nolan verse or the Richard Donner Superman films, whatever it may be. How do you think that these DCEU films have measured up to their predecessors? Um, Bright and Barbara, why don't you guys start us off? What do you think about that? Um, you know, uh, I guess, you know, I would have to say that I'm in the camp that feels like the, the previous films um, that were not under the weight of a shared universe um, sort of goal uh, were more successful and we sit a little bit be- better to me. I feel like uh, um, I really enjoy going back to things like Burton's Batman, the Nolan films, um, Obviously, uh, you know, Donner's uh, Superman is the Superman for a lot of people. Um, so I, I would say that I'm probably in the camp that would have to say that those stand a little taller. And while I'm not like completely down on the new DC films, I do think that they have fallen a little short of what could be. I will concur with everything that Brian said I'll just co-sign that but (laughs) um, I I think that I will add that um, I fully acknowledge that we came of age and developed at a time when Batman 89 was sure I mean Michael Keaton is my Batman because of that Uh, now I'm also a Pittsburgh native so Michael Keaton being from Pittsburgh also fully added (laughs) hometown boy Uh, exactly Um, but I would agree I I do acknowledge that you know I think that we have the bias uh, to some degree that we were at an age of those being you know very interesting for us or you know very important to us as as films do you guys, do you remember when Batman 89 was coming out? I'm, I could be showing my age here. I'm not oh, sure yes. if you guys are. Oh, I remember. Not, but. I feel like people were Batman crazy, oh, yeah. and I remember yeah. being oh, super into it. I got the cereal. I got the trading cards. <laughs> I, I needed a Batman action figure. Everything was Batman. Oh, my gosh. Totally. I remember my Batman uh, Manila folder that I would take to school. Oh, sure, yeah. Super proud of that. I had, I, I distinctly remember that. I had a Batman vest that oh, I wow. wore to school. It was like a pleather vest, but it had the Batman <laughs> logo. Um, and I thought I was the coolest person ever with You were Batman the coolest vest. person ever. <laughs> yeah, oh, back, back then I was sure. not. <laughs> but I just thought, oh, I mean, because I, lo- I love Batman 66. So when Batman 89 came out and it was Burton, you know, I've loved him since Peavy's Big Adventure. So to me, that was super huge. I'm right there with you agreeing that um, Batman 89 was was huge for, I think, a lot of people. Totally. I remember it. I was, as looking ahead to that film, I could not wrap my head around somebody making a serious Batman movie because Batman 66 was really the only live action model that we had up until that point, right? Right. Unless you can, you know, unless you count the old serials, but I don't think I'd even discovered those at that point. And I was just, I don't remember having ever been more excited for something in my whole life at that point. (laughs) 
Now, fast forward to the Nolan verse, and when the Dark Knight was was coming out, I'm pretty sure I haven't been as excited for a movie as I was for the Dark Knight. <laughs> Barbara and I had a really unique perspective on that because Dark Knight just had come out, or I guess was just about to come out shortly after we had moved into moved to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we were actually uh, working in, in very small fashions, but working for the company, the production company that uh, was releasing The Dark Knight. So uh, we were actually there while they were like bringing in like posters and art. Oh, uh, the the one sheets being approved and. Oh. So yeah. seeing marketing stuff like that mm-hmm. and, and, and just, you know, hearing the buzz from like, say, the. The, the uh, other end of the hallway. Yeah, yeah the assistant <laughs> to the, the producer about, like, hey, this film, you don't even know, you know? Yeah. yeah. I remember very distinctly uh, with that one watching the first trailer that really uh, revealed Heath Ledger and this, like, hearing his, his laugh, I think, in, in, in just total mm-hmm. darkness. It, it was just, you could tell, like, we were in a different place. It hit totally. really really strongly yeah and i i don't think it's been rivaled since it, certainly not for me and that i mean just by far my favorite superhero movie and i just i love it so much i saw that movie eight times in the theater wow. still <laughs> still holds the record for the most times i've seen a movie in the theater followed by batman begins at seven and then i think endgame at five so Wow, you're hardcore. <laughs> Not usually. <laughs> Certain ones warrant it, you know. Um, Brian, you talked a little bit before about um, the DCEU with the whole shared universe approach. Um, and it sounds like you sort of more appreciate these standalone films that are not encumbered by the whole shared universe idea is that would you, does that sound fair I, I you know i honestly don't know if i would say that because i love the idea of a shared universe but uh-huh. i feel like the way that warner brothers approaches it uh doesn't seem successful for them right now i feel yeah. like there are so many uh solid dc stories that don't require a shared universe and can be standalone stories even if they share characters you know Totally. Um, and I, uh, for me, what has been perplexing is that we have for so long, long seen Warner Brothers and the DC films sort of chase what Marvel is doing instead of like sort of just taking a step back and going like, hey, let's, what is our thing? You right. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, Sandra, what do you think about the shared universe approach? Do you do you want to see more of that or are you more interested in the standalone films? I think thus far I've been more interested in the standalone films. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonder Woman would be about the most that I've seen with more than one character. Um, but I like one of the ones that I really enjoyed was Shazam. Yeah. And I'd like to see more of that. I was really surprised. I think sometimes when you go in with a pretty low bar, they just leap right over it. and um, <laughs> And that's what I felt like with with Shazam that that's probably one of my favorites um so far so yeah I I don't know there's just something missing I think with a lot of the DCU films in general that it's not quite hitting its stride 
um, with Aquaman in particular, that one just seemed like it was a buffet of kind of cliches from every, any time a film got a laugh, like they put that in there, um, whatever, um, gimmick that they saw successful in other films, it just seemed like they were kind of reaching for that. Yeah. Um, which was unfortunate, but I'm not, I'm not a big Aquaman fan anyway, so I wasn't putting too much into that, but so far the standalones, I think, um, have been the strongest for me. Cool. Barbara, what do you think? Uh, I would probably lean towards the standalone films. I, I think it's, it's interesting for me because if you have the planning, the forethought, the organization, and the conviction to do a shared universe, it can be done really well. It, it's, I, I, as Bryant mentioned, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it is possible. Um, but I do feel as though that a Kevin Feige level individual has not necessarily been present either at DC or, or Warner Brothers to right. to have all of those uh, convictions. So um, it's just it's such a shame because you do see the the group atmosphere when it comes to Warner Brothers animated films because. Mm-hmm. I can speak so highly of quite a few of the animated films. We really, oh, yeah. really love them. A lot of them are great. Exactly, but um, and they actually have a shared universe, right? Yeah, they <laughs> where they've continued with a, a single voice cast for for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting. We're also in this weird place where you would think that the strength of the DC cinematic universe would be the multiverse mm-hmm. that like at some point the idea would be to like hey let's like for for example batman let's get as many of the batmans that have been on screen like and have them did, in a film if, you know right if they did the filmic version of something like batman incorporated the comic book series sure or, or even yeah. just you know like i mean when you look at spider-verse uh, into the spider-verse that, that's essentially not that both companies haven't played you know in these multiverses but multiverse is sort of dc's thing and it's sort right. of it's sort of weird to see <laughs> it's that the strengths of dc be represented in other uh, franchises you know well that brings up an interesting question that i didn't prepare you guys for this one at all but i'll go ahead and ask it anyway um it seems like the place that dc is hitting the multiverse hard is on the cw right um how have you felt about those shows because they've lately for me they've started to fall a bit flat but how do you guys feel about that and about them using the multiverse as opposed to the films i don't know that we can say too much because uh, we've only watched uh i would say the first season of flash oh okay yeah and and we do have a a co-host of our podcast the fan base weekly uh his name is drew siragusa and he absolutely loves uh what is being done with the multiverse i i know on the tv show so i can just say that Good. okay we, cool. we know people whose opinions we trust who say it's fantastic but, but we haven't been able to dive in too much ourselves sweet well i mean it's successful so obviously a lot of people love it yes <laughs> what do you guys think? i you know for me it's uh okay so i discovered comics through george perez and marv wolfman through the new teen titans and through crisis on infinite earths so for me, when I see what the CW is doing to approach the whole crisis on Infinite Earth story, I'm like, I'm, I'm usually not the overprotective fanboy who's like, well, that's not <laughs> my crisis, you know, but right. sure. 
but that story is so foundational to me that I'm like, I just don't feel like they have enough gravity and power in their universe to really tell that story. So I it's always hard, hard when there's an adaption like that. It was something that you really feel incredibly strong about. Yeah, totally. Anyway, yeah. side tangent there. I apologize <laughs> for that. No apologies um, needed. Yeah. Well, Sandra, for, have you watched much of those? Not much. Um, I watched maybe like the first season or two of Supergirl. And the first, for, even for me, the first season of most of those shows is great. Like yeah, The Flash, it, the first the couple Flash of was fantastic. so good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw a little bit of The Flash. I want to say maybe like two episodes, but I don't know why it's just harder for me to kind of latch on um you know i just haven't really watched too many of those i did see a little bit of lucifer if we're talking about like dc imprints Mm. um but yeah that's about it and what i did see i enjoyed it i just kind of i don't know watch moved on to something else sure i've said before on the show that i wish that grant gustin would have been flash in the justice league movie definitely that would have been good i mean i like i like ezra miller's like take is a very unique one but it doesn't have sort of the heart that uh, grant gustin has totally all right well let's go ahead and start looking forward shall we Sure thing. Um, You know, we're talking about these one-off stories, and I agree with you guys. I'm more excited about that direction. I don't think the shared universe has gone super well for DC, and I genuinely don't know that there is another Kevin Feige in the universe. I think he is a superhero in and of himself. Indeed. Um, But let's go ahead and start looking at some of these movies. The next one to come out would certainly seem like the first one to go that one-off route, and that's Joker. Um, so let's just start off with some reactions to that. Um, Barbara, why don't you start us off? What have you thought of Joker so far from what you've seen? Oh dear. Um, uh, I will say that I, I think that I have a very unique perspective. Um, and Sandra, I would honestly be really curious to hear your, your thoughts on the Joker as well. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, when, and apologies to anyone because if, if anyone enjoys this trailer and looks forward to the movie, I wholeheartedly um, am happy for you and I want you to enjoy it for me. <laughs> and this is purely my opinion. Um, I had a very visceral, negative, and emotional reaction to it, which I hmm. did not anticipate in the least. Um, but uh, it, to me, seemed to have a... Um, a subtextual message of misogyny and toxicity uh, to a palpable degree. And hmm. it seemed to do so in a celebratory manner, um, which seems very strange for me. Um, I think that uh, if comparing it to Heath Ledger's performance in The Dark Knight, I think that perhaps that was palatable for viewing audiences because you weren't inside the mind of that character. You were perhaps seeing the Joker through uh, Bruce Wayne or, or Batman's uh, lens. Sure. Whereas in this case, you are living inside of the Joker. So it's almost like if you're living inside Ted Bundy's mind, I don't necessarily want to live inside <laughs> Ted Bundy's mind. Right. Um, that's not necessarily enjoyable for me. Um, so that's purely my reaction to it. Uh, I don't actually know that I will go and see this film just based on that. But uh, that's, again, just purely my opinion. 
Yeah, no, I can certainly see that. I mean, we've we've only talked a little bit about it on the show, but it's certainly very, very dark and brutal just from one single trailer. Um, Sandra, what would you say to that? Um, that was really poignant. I think um, I wouldn't have necessarily worded it as articulately as that. For me, <laughs> like, for me, I just felt like I was getting Red Dragon vibes big time. Oh, um, oh. And I remember seeing that movie in the theater and just being, I mean, of course it's like tragic what was happening to Hannibal, you know, as a child. And so you want to like feel for that character, but it still didn't erase the atrocities that he did as an adult. And in seeing the trailer for the Joker, it really felt like this is the type of movie we're going to see where we, we feel for them, but we understand that that doesn't erase what he's done or what he will do. And um, it's kind of a mixed place of, am I supposed to feel empathy for or sympathy for this character? Because what he's doing is horrible. And how can I be in that space of, of feeling that way toward, toward him, even though he's had like a tragic upbringing? Um, just on the acting alone, a little bit that we get to see in the trailer, I don't know if Joaquin can reach Heath's level. Um, he was just so brilliant in Dark Knight. I, so I think even just from that perspective, I don't think we're going to get, um, we're going to get that same type of Joker, but I, I think if people get that sort of reaction from the trailer, they should, they would be wise to not see it. And I think I'll debate on whether I see it because I remember how I felt after watching Red Dragon and I was really uncomfortable. I think I actually might have even left early. Uh, You you know me, I love horror movies and I don't typically walk out of them. So yeah, we'll have to see if I'm I'm in an emotional state where I can watch it. I I do want to see it because we get to see a bat kid and a young young, uh, Thomas Wayne and Alfred. But, you know, we'll see. I don't want to see kind of a masochistic... uh, personality being celebrated Mm. as barbara mentions sure yeah brian what do you think um i'm i'm uh i would say definitely more more interested i'm definitely into darker stuff but i also uh i think you have to listen to people who feel uncomfortable about this film and i think it's not that this isn't a story to tell i mean the idea of like having something on a level of uh, like Silence of the Lambs or Red Dragon that uh, explores the character of the Joker or, or another character in the DC universe that is that is dark like this. That is that is of, of worth and of interest. Um, but it, it it seems like an odd uh, it seems like an odd choice. Um, I think given some of the uh, the feedback that they've gotten regarding some of the darkness. Uh, of of the, of Zack Snyder's uh-huh. sort of time on the universe, and it also seems slightly um, a, an I- unusual choice, I think, for uh, like in the next in their film line, given such the positive response to Wonder Woman. Um, I would have thought you would have doubled down a little bit harder on on getting uh, more characters out that would engage that that audience from that film. Right. Um, but but I do think I do think it could be an interesting story. I'm hoping that it, it is an interesting story. I like the sort of the homages to uh, uh, early um, Scorsese 
films and it really I think the the biggest thing that will say the success of the film is, is how they approach the material we I, I think there is a concern and I would have the same concern that it's going to glorify things that shouldn't be glorified and maybe only casually examine things like mental health and violence and trauma right. when if you're going to approach these subjects you really need to take it I think pretty seriously if you're going to go this this gritty and, and, and grounded and realistic. May I say one more very big sure. thing? And I, to, to add on to what Brian just said, and I have only, just for full disclosure, I've only briefly worked in mental health, but I think that that is my concern in uh, utilizing such a, a well-known and beloved in a way character like the Joker, um, in utilizing um, mental health illness that the character is displaying, at least in the trailer, and then comparing that with a violent tendency, because I think that right. that is the, the misnomer and the stigma attached to mental health, that if you have a mental health illness, then you are a violent person, which is the exact opposite or of you're the on case. the edge of becoming Exactly, this, and this so I, I worry about making <clears throat> that cognitive leap for audiences when it will only further stigmatize mental health. Totally. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's a, a huge level of responsibility when you're telling a story that involves something like that because it's a real thing. It's a real struggle. <laughs> and like and exactly like you said, Barbara, it's widely misunderstood. And um, yeah, no, I, I can totally see that concern. I'm with you guys. Um, but if Do anyone's you... excited about it, I'm so excited well, for it, you. It, 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 it's, if it is done well, it yeah. could be fan, it could be phenomenal. It just I think there's a lot of concern given what has come before. I guess. Right. You know. yeah. yeah, and I think there's good reason for concern too, given the fact that it's Todd Phillips who's making it, who's predominantly sure. been a, mm-hmm. a comedy filmmaker, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really that's kind of an interesting mix with Todd Phillips and Scott Silver. Um, I don't know if they can pull it off, but you know, I I hope that they do because you know more more good movies out there. Yay! Yeah. Well, and, well, and, and just I, I there is a real I guess I'm I I again I'm I love dark stuff so I I never down on it but I go like they've had such a uh, you know a hit with things like Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Shazam right now yeah. and I'm I'm wondering if there is any worry of like hey are some of our audience gonna like that don't really kind of get that the Joker isn't just another comic book movie? Are they going to be wandering into this film expecting, like, something on Shazam level and getting something they have a bargain for? I don't know. Hope, I don't know. Hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we... I mean, I think, Barbara, I think you had mentioned that one of the reasons that, that the Joker worked in The Dark Knight is because we were seeing him through the eyes of Batman and through the eyes of these other characters... That's one of the things that I'm so unsure of about this movie is will a story just about the Joker with no hero for him to be juxtaposed against, will that be a good thing or not? <laughs> I do I, I do have that concern as well. And I, I think to other examples in media um, where audiences have perhaps taken away the wrong message from from characters especially anti-heroes and i think of characters like scarface or walter white where Mm -hmm. um the it's a morality tale and so you're not necessarily supposed to be rooting for the character um so i I worry about the quote-unquote cool factor of the joker in this movie of um 
lionizing this character in in a film that perhaps we definitely should not be doing so yeah yeah we will see it's gonna be an interesting experience for sure (laughs) (laughs) not quite sure what to expect on it could could have huge backlash we'll see um let's move on to birds of prey we don't know a whole lot about this one yet um but we've seen some images we've seen sort of a trailer i don't think it was really a trailer but uh um, Sandra, have you seen much about this one so far? Um, I was looking into that. I honestly, I'm not like super into the characters. Um, I was looking at like who's cast and we're going to have Mary Elizabeth Winst- Winstead, from, uh-huh. um, Scott Pilgrim. So, you know, I'm going that works to be, for you. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm in, but also like Rosie Perez and, um, Ian McGregor. I'm curious to see them in their roles but i'm not like super into the characters and i know Mm -hmm. like harley quinn you know tends to be a a kind of a standard at cons and everything but i've just not been big on on her as a character i don't dislike her but i'm just not like pumped for it totally brian barbara what do you guys think about birds of prey um i i guess i am looking forward to it i guess more than some of the other films um i the weird thing about this is that I'm um, only casually familiar with most of the, the Birds of Prey characters. Um, I'm more like interested with this because of the cast. I like the idea of seeing Ewan McGregor as a, a villain. That will be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't love Suicide Squad, but I did love uh, Margot Robbie as, uh, as Harley Quinn. So uh, the idea that she's returning and then the idea that there seems to be sort of a message of like, hey, we're breaking Harley out from just being the Joker's plaything, and she's going to have a little more agency. Um, you know, that that is attractive to me. Uh, but but I, we, I think you're right. We don't really know anything of it. There's not really... A, you're not really able to get a sense of what is this film? Uh, do I like the flavor, if you will? <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Barbara? Um... Funny enough, and anecdotally, I think the most excited that I am about this is that um, I worked at Warner Brothers for about two years, uh-huh. and I worked extensively with this production. Really? <laughs> so um, it was like a daily <laughs> uh, process with them. So, but um, I think that I'm I kind of echo the group that not knowing a ton about it, and Sandra, much like you, not necessarily identifying with or feeling connection with these characters um i'm not super jazzed about it um i feel like of all of the films this is probably one that i will i love ewan mcgregor so if ewan mcgregor is in something i will give it a chance (laughs) um but overall i'm not super super jazzed about it as of yet yeah i think ewan mcgregor is one of the bright spots for me partially because it's him and partially because he's playing black mask which i think is a great villain from the Batman canon and I'm excited that they're going to do live action with him I do feel a little bit strange about the fact that this is a Birds of Prey film with no Batgirl I think that's a little bit weird because she's in the comics she's very frequently the center of the Birds of Prey world and they're sort of replacing her with Harley on this right. one mm-hmm. it so is like, a little uh, strange but but you know yeah. they've done changes like that with the MCU and, it, and it's worked to their benefit so true it might be something to give them a chance and see what they what what that actually makes this film, you know? Yeah. 
And it's also just another, like the like Joker, it's another sort of examination of the Batman universe without actually having Batman, which I'm getting a little weary of. I'm like, can we just have Batman? But <laughs> we'll get there. Batman forever? <laughs> it's, it's on Batman forever, that's right. You know what I wonder? That's on the list. What I wonder, to your point, and full disclosure that I'm not super familiar with the Birds of Prey comics, but uh-huh. to your point... Oracle is a huge, I mean, center point of Birds of Prey. Is that correct? Right? Yeah, and she that's Batgirl. Right, so, okay. Yeah, so Oracle I, and Batgirl are the same character. Yeah. Uh, I worry that uh, there may be some backlash, especially in um, from the uh, disabled community, about disability erasure. Um, yeah. If you're taking away having... Um, there, We did an interview previously with some um, uh, individuals who had an issue with the end of... Shazam, Shazam yeah. um, and the disability erasure in that movie. So I worry oh, that sure. they might have something similar by removing Oracle from from this film. But perhaps that it would be something where the character appears. Well, it's just without, such a weird choice because yeah. it would think like you. There's no reason you can't have Oracle and and it's such a popular character. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, don't know what they're waiting for if they w- wanted to do the actual killing joke or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and it seems like they're just really trying to shoehorn Harley into it so they can get that character back on the screen. But, mm-hmm. And I've never really understood the Harley mania. Like, she's a good character, but for me, I'm like, I don't know why she's so popular. Right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Oracle is a great character. And even in the comics, that's tough because they've moved beyond that. Barbara right. Gordon's not Oracle anymore. She's Batgirl again. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, but I miss Oracle. I thought Oracle was a great character. There is a young adult graphic novel coming out centered around Oracle, which is cool. Um, but yeah, Birds of Prey, I don't know. We're going to have to wait for a trailer. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure. We will wait and see. Um, but for now, why don't we move on to what, for me, is sort of the shining beacon of the future of DC films at the moment, and that's Wonder Woman 1984. Um, Those trailers, or I mean the posters that came out uh, today were like, fantastic i didn't see those i'm gonna look it up right now i'll do it quietly i'll do it quietly <laughs> okay so now i'm looking at the posters and i have to say like there's something and we talked about this actually at long beach comic-con i am immediately drawn to any sort of combination with pink and purple and blue i just my eye goes straight for it i read comics that have those colors on the cover which is why i was like drawn to paper girls um so it's so funny to see these these posters and they have kind of that same color scheme because i'm i'm here for it i was already excited but oh that looks so cool oh man that is awesome (laughs) i just saw it yeah it's got a real tron vibe to it yeah Mm -hmm. No, they're, going, cool. they're leaning into the 80s, and, and it feels like it has real personality. It doesn't feel like yeah. every, other, uh, every other superhero film. So. I, I feel like that's a members-only jacket, and I'm going to oh, need definitely. it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Steve Trevor rocking the members-only jacket. <laughs> um, Barbara, why don't you start us off on this one? What do you hope to see in this movie? I mean... We're Honestly. all looking forward to this one. Yeah. <laughs> right, tell we us were about talking it. about this before. <laughs> so I would say of the the new age of DC films, I think that Wonder Woman was the one that I enjoyed the most of them all. Yeah. Um, in knowing that Chris Pine is returning as Steve Trevor, um, part of me hopes that he is actually Martian Manhunter. 
Um, oh my gosh, ooh. that would be amazing. But I know that's not going to happen. Oh. <laughs> I'm pretty have... sure that they won't do that. I feel you. I don't know, but um, oh. I don't know. I, I I'm trying to be open-minded about the film. I did have some issues with the first Wonder Woman, but um, I definitely want to encourage as many female-led and uh, female-created, meaning the people behind the scenes uh, films. So totally. um, I am very enthusiastic and hopeful about it. Cool, Brian. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I don't really know what to expect of this film. I don't. Uh, the thing I have the most suspicion of is bringing back uh, Chris Pine. I, I, that kind of struck me as a weird choice because it just felt like it was time for Diana to get her own story past mm-hmm. that. But but I also have faith in the, the director and the, and the creators, so I'm kind of just uh, willing to go along for the ride. I feel like they've they've earned some credibility with the the first film and and i'll definitely go check out the second one yeah definitely sandra do you have any other thoughts on it yeah uh you know i would agree i'm excited with patty jenkins at the helm um i'm totally down for this Uh, we get to see wonder woman in the 80s so we have you know it's during the cold war and i feel like that could be like some relevant themes in light of kind of our current climate um (laughs) And we get to see Kristen Wiig as a villain. So I know, that, that's exciting. Yeah, that will be... I mean, she's she's phenomenal in anything that she does. Usually comedy, of course, but but I think she's got some chops in her to, to be a pretty compelling villain. So I'm definitely here for it. Yeah. Yeah, we did... Um, Brian and Barbara, we did an episode... Two episodes ago, we did a best DCEU film where we all, us four hosts, argued about it and chose our okay. favorite ones. <laughs> Um, but at the end of the day, all of our favorites is real. Well, I get, I don't know, Sandra, you said you might go with Shazam, but yeah, Shazam or Wonder Woman. Yeah. But most of us, we were all like Wonder Woman's definitely our favorite, even though we were arguing for other ones for the sake of the show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm super excited for this. I love Patty Jenkins's voice on these films. Um, I love that we have a superhero that ended her last film by saying, I believe in love. I think that's that was awesome. super cool and super bold. And I'm really excited to see them sort of live that concept out a bit in, in another story. So I just wish it was coming out sooner. Yeah, that would be nice. It does, yeah. it does seem like they, it takes a lot longer for the DC films to, to come out than the, uh, the Marvel films. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to some of this big news that has happened since we were going to record the show a week ago. Um, I'm sorry. I was so deathly ill. I apologize. Oh, no, I, I didn't feel well either. It was not just you. Um, last week, we were going to talk about whether we wanted Robert Pattinson or Nicholas Holt to play Batman. Now that's an irrelevant question because we know that Robert Pattinson has gotten the role. Right. So, um... Uh, Bryant, why don't we start with you on this one? Are you excited for another iteration of Batman? What do you think about Robert Pattinson, and what kind of film do you hope this will be? Um, I am fine with another Batman film. I'm not particularly excited about what I've heard about this film so far, which is that it's, uh, I mean, not an origin story, but early on in his life might have the uh, Penguin and Catwoman in it, from what Mm -hmm. I hear. Robert Pattinson, I think, is more than fine as a choice. I mean, he's a fantastic actor. He 
seems like super committed to roles. I don't, I don't, I don't think that there will be any issue with him. I haven't really had a problem with any of the Batman actors, honestly. Um, I think they each tried to do what they could with the character and, and each brought something new. And I'm sure he will as well. Um, but I think for me, what's missing from the Batman stories at this point is I just want to see DC kind of like stop doing uh, safe movies, uh, especially with Batman. Um, uh-huh. I feel like there's so many Elseworld Batman stories. There's so, oh, so yeah. many really weird, unique villains. And this just sounds like this is going to be them trying to do a safe Batman film to kind of like bring people back to the table, mm. you know? So uh, if it's not that, if it's something really different, which it could be with Matt Reeves, that's the one the one wild card, I would say. Uh-huh. Um, I would be very much up for that. Cool. Barbara, what do you think? I feel the same. I'm open to it. It sounds a lot like year one, um, which yeah. some of which was in Batman Begins uh, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I feel the same about Robert Pattinson. I think he's a very capable actor. Um, yeah, I think we'll just have to wait and see on this one. It, I'm not. It's not something where I hear it and I go, "Oh, I'm so excited about this." Um, but it's something I'm willing to give well, a chance it's, to. It's also weird because you, you, it's tough to be skeptical about a Batman actor after like <laughs> Michael Keaton and Heath Ledger. It's uh-huh. like, well, well, who are you going to second guess? Yes, like, <laughs> you know? give, them, give them a chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Sandra, what do you think? You know, I think that's a great point about Keaton. Like, he was a comedic actor. He was in Mr. Mom. And he was just not really... Um, I, I think like the go-to person to be Batman and same thing with with Ben Affleck people were losing their minds at like oh gosh Ben Affleck that guy and nobody wanted him but I think he did a great job I think Keaton did a great job and I think Pattinson will do a great job um you know I know people are stuck on the Twilight films but you know he acted according to what he was what he was told to do and I think all the all of his other films he did a phenomenal job he was really great so i think he'll bring that same thing and and i don't mind that it's a safe film i feel um, i think jay's even talked about this before that he feels like dc kind of is making um bolder choices it isn't as formulaic as marvel films Mm -hmm. um but I'm okay if they kind of come back, like Bryant, you were saying, to kind of bring people back in. I think that might be a good move on their sure, part sure. because they've they've crushed a lot of spirits. You know? <laughs> it's a fair point. It's a fair point. <laughs> so if they bring people back and it has something like the same energy that we saw with Batman eighty nine, like that would be wonderful because then people would come back and say, Okay, I trust you I trust you now, DC, we'll come and see your other films. Um, so I hope that happens. And I, I think um, like I said with uh, Shazam, how that was at a low bar for me when I went in. Maybe that will be the case for people that they'll go in um, with low expectations, and and he will exceed them, and the film will exceed them, and and we'll have new hope now in in um, DC films. Yeah. For me, I'm crazy excited about this one because I'm a <laughs> Batman freak. <laughs> um, and to be honest, I'm a Matt Reeves freak. I okay. loved. I loved the uh, the Apes films that he made, mm-hmm. um, and I've listened to a lot of interviews with him, and I really like his attitude. He, I feel like he gets away with more than he would for a filmmaker who's as new as he is, 
I mean, he's not new per se, but he's not like he hasn't been at it for decades. And he pretty much just seems to go into things with, I'm going to do what I want to do. And if you're not going to let me do that, then I don't need to make your movie, which is really bold. But it, sure. so far, it's worked out so well. So I'm all in for him. Um, I love any Batman movie we can get. Brian, I do agree with you. I would love to see them embrace some of the more, you know, the stranger versions, like a, right. mm-hmm. like a Batman Earth One where Alfred is like a badass war veteran. And yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, almost, it's almost ridiculous that we haven't got a Batman Beyond film. Yeah. At this point, it's like what are, uh, again? It's like what are you guys waiting for? I mean, like it would be exciting just by concept alone, and people would be like, "What a future!" Like you, you immediately sell people on like, "Oh, future Batman!" I get that, you know? Yeah. Like, so totally. I just I would like to see some of that stuff, but I will agree with you about Matt Reeves because the one time that I got into Hall H in San Diego, I actually <laughs> sat in a, a Matt Reeves panel that I didn't intend oh. to. Uh, because you know you're just locked in the room he was doing press for his adaption of uh, let the right one in oh yeah um, oh. which was sort of in, very maligned at that point people were just like why make this film again it was awesome totally. there's no point to remaking it and i remember i walked out of the panel going like oh he's kind of convinced me that he's telling a different story and that that this film has a reason to exist and and I just remember like what I took away was like this guy's really smart he's a really good storyteller and he's he's not just like writing like sort of the Hollywood coattails he wants to tell stories and he cares about it really right. seriously at one of the interviews that I was listening to with him I love this little story he was he was still finishing up war for the planet of the apes and his assistant kept telling him that Warner Brothers wanted to talk to him and wanted to meet with him and he has this strict policy of not working on two things at once. And he's like, that's great. I'll be happy to meet with them when I'm done working on this movie. <laughs> and they kept coming back and saying, like, no, they want to meet with you. And he's like, that's great. When this is done, we will meet. <laughs> and <laughs> and they finally said, it's about Batman. And he's like, okay, I'll make the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how do you say no to that? You have to at least talk about sure, it. Sure, sure. So, I mean, um, that, that's some commitment, though, to to tell a studio like oh yeah when i'm done like that's what i love about the guy he just seems like he seems so cocky but i don't know i don't know why that comes across as cool to me because i normally wouldn't like that but i don't know um and i will say that i'm excited about robert pattinson um i initially probably would have chosen holt but um now that we have pattinson i'm getting behind it I'm looking forward to watching some of his later work because I haven't seen a lot of it, but I know that he's done some great stuff in the last few years. Can we I'll all agree, right. though? Can we can we all agree to call him Arbats? Arbats? That's perfect. Arbats. <laughs> Arbats. No, I, I will predict that I think people are going to love him, honestly. I mean, I don't know if they'll love the film, but I think he'll, uh, he'll bring a real uh, edge to it that I think... Uh, and also, he seems to be able to, to have that sort of, like, rage or sort of, like, darkness inside, but still have, like, this very polished exterior. So I'm, I just can imagine him being in sort of the, the Bruce Wayne type uh, outfits, but you kind of seeing the Batman inside. Right, know? yeah. It seems like he'll be able to carry that duality really well. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, something that maybe I'm not so excited about 
is the Suicide Squad. <laughs> um, but if James Gunn stays attached to it, that definitely intrigues me. Um, Sandra, why don't you start us off talking about this one? Are you even interested in revisiting the Suicide Squad characters? Does James oh. Gunn's involvement have any interest to you? I, I Talk about think, that. I think maybe James Gunn can pull this one off, but uh-huh. I recently rewatched Suicide Squad and I had the same feeling like it just really felt like a bunch of vignettes put together yeah. and set to music. And it just felt very muddied and like it wasn't clear who you're even supposed to be rooting for. Um, you know, I'll go see it because I have a list, so it's free, you know, whatever. <laughs> and but, we'll force you to talk about it. So. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, I didn't go in too excited for the suicide squad so for the suicide squad you know <laughs> it, it'll be it'll be the same and uh who knows like hopefully james gunn can can pull it off but eh, i don't know yeah barbara how about you i will fully admit that i've never seen the first suicide squad uh she definitely made me see that one alone. <laughs> <laughs> um i have my own issues with the character of this iteration of Harley Quinn. Sure. And um, it, seeing the trailers for that film just did not uh, interest me at all. So um, even with James Gunn attached, uh, I don't... And no Harley Quinn? I don't know yeah. that... Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to sit on the fair, fence on this fair, one, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair place to sit, for sure. <laughs> what about you, Brian? Um... I'm, you know, I, this sounds good. I mean, it's, it's, James Gunn, I think, is who should have been doing this kind of movie. Uh, he's perfect with, like, really weird, bizarre characters, and uh, that's what the Suicide Squad should be. Yeah. I think all this rides on the script, and I, I do believe James Gunn won't shoot a movie without a script he believes in. He usually, I think, wants to write the script or rewrite the script at the very least. Um, so, I don't know. It, it seems like it, it's not a bad idea. Again, it's just like from a marketing perspective, I'm like, it's bizarre. Because I'm like, the title is so close to the previous film that there will know, be some confusion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it doesn't seem, there seems to be a lot of confusion, at least in the reporting, regarding whether it is connected in any way to the original film or just a fresh reboot right so it just seems like a biz- again another bizarre choice where I'd be, i would have been like well we can do any other film that is in the dc universe instead of a suicide squad sequel birds of prey can be a pseudo suicide uh, squad sequel and right. we can do something else but I, I i'm unsure what happened here if it was just like they were really desperate to snatch up James Gunn, and this is what James Gunn wanted to do, and now that's where they are. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know either. I feel like maybe there was an attempt to do a direct sequel to the original, which um, it's for me, it's definitely the weakest film. Well, Justice League might be a little bit weaker. I don't know. But Suicide Squad is definitely one of the weakest films in this franchise for me. But I did enjoy... Harley Quinn, and I really enjoyed Will Smith as Deadshot. Sure. Mm-hmm. I liked him a lot. 
but he's got he's gone now right he's gone yeah so <laughs> i'm like i don't know if they were hoping that the strengths of those characters would carry a sequel but now they don't have those characters but they have james gunn so we got to do something i don't know well and there's that weird news that idris elba was being cast as deadshot and then didn't they also then announce that he's not deadshot he's another character yeah which i i don't know a whole lot about the, i haven't read a lot of suicide squad i'm thinking maybe bronze tiger is a possibility for who he could be but sure. well in the, i guess the weirdness to me again is like how do you not know like where why is there confusion about whether Idris <laughs> Elba yeah. is deadshot or not and so i guess that's where the worry comes in it could be a great film but it, it, it again from the outside it looks a little shaky it does do you think james gunn will actually make this movie he seems like he's saying he's going to. I think he wants to honor his commitments, uh, but but I, you know, there's always a chance. I mean, they, yeah. yeah, who knows? I don't know. I feel like it's not end up going to end up happening now that he's back with Marvel. Right. I feel mm-hmm. like Guardians Three has got to take priority over this. But it is interesting that when I was watching Suicide Squad, I was definitely thinking, well, this movie is trying to be the Guardians. And so now it's like, (laughs) James Gunn's like, just let me do it. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. We'll see. I'll definitely go see it, I think. Uh, But uh, it's it's a good concept for a movie. Suicide Squad's a great concept. It's just, yeah, it's weird that they're just like immediately like, let's do it again. Do it again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I will say this is probably one that I might need to be rated R for me. And I'm, I've typically been the guy who sort of goes against rated R superhero movies as a concept. Like if you have a story that warrants an R rating, then fine. But making R rated superhero movies just for the sake of being edgy and pushing the envelope, I'm like, I just don't feel like we have to do that. But this one sort of feels like maybe it would need to be because that sort of punch was missing from the first film for me. Like they were just killing faceless aliens and you didn't really have a struggle of like, they're telling you they're villains, but they're not really doing anything villainous. And so you don't really get that struggle. So I don't know. I hope they sort of fix that on this one. So you're rooting for an R movie. I guess (laughs) that goes against everything I usually talk about, but make it more deadpooly. Oh no, don't do that. (laughs) Um, I have one more specific film that I want to bring up and then we can talk about any others as well. But I want to talk about the other big bit of news that has come out since last week. We've known that Ava DuVernay was going to be working on a new Gods film, which was super exciting in and of itself. But now we know that Tom King is attached to help her write it, which um, for those of our listeners who may not be comic book fans, Tom King is writing Batman right now and he's one of the best comic writers out there. So I'm crazy excited about this. Uh, Barbara, what do you think? Why don't you start us off on this one? I honestly, I think it's a good sign. I, I think, uh, well, Bryant and I last year were, we attended the Eisner Awards where Tom won the Eisner for his work on Mr. Miracle. Oh, it's so um, good. Which, you know, easily and very well ties into New Gods. So yeah. um, I think that that's a great sign. And uh, I think that taking on new characters, uh, in the vein of something like Guardians of the Galaxy that mass audiences definitely are not familiar with, I think is always a step in the right direction of let's let's try something new, let's bring people to the table that have a, a great wealth of knowledge and familiarity with the characters. So, and Ava DuVernay is amazing. So um, I, I probably of all of the films, I'm most hopeful about this one. Yeah, 
Sandra, what do you think? Totally the same. I'm most hopeful <laughs> for this one. And I, I was even thinking, man, if like people from DC are listening, they're going to be like, nobody's excited about anything. <laughs> um, but this one we can say, yeah, we're excited. I think having Ava on board, that already was having me excited. Um, but now like with this news of Tom King, I think that will just add to the excitement for comic book fans in particular wanting to see um, just a really good, a good film come out from DC. And I think, I think in general, like we do want that. We really want great films from DC mm-hmm. to come out and I'll put my money on this one. You know, I hope that that's, um, that's going to be a good one. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Brian, what do you think? Uh, I'm, I will echo, I guess the same sentiments. I'm really excited about this film. It's the one I'm most hopeful about. I think the addition of Tom King is only, uh, you know, positives. Um, uh, my only worry would be, I know there's a lot of, given that both were created by Kirby, there's a lot of similarities with this and Eternals. So mm-hmm. I think they just need to make sure that both films have their own personality and their own voice. Um, and, you know, just they need to do their own thing. They need to let, uh, uh, you know, these creators uh, just be able to tell this story the way they want to do it. And I, and I honestly, I hope at all this success because... Tom King should be writing a Batman Superman movie. I mean, oh my god, that would be like, wonderful. <laughs> I would love them to double down so hard that they go, "We're calling it Batman and Superman or Superman are friends." Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the antithesis of of what we did before because the way he writes their relationship is just phenomenal and believable and awesome in ways that you can't predict and I think that's what we need more of is is sort of the the heart of these characters and how they relate and how they're different from each other so again all good signs this hopefully this movie is everything we hope it will be yeah and that's what I love so much about Tom King's writing is he he can get inside the head of these characters better than so many other writers that have come before him he personalizes them so much he gives you their humanity. Like, you know, there's the whole Batman and Catwoman getting married thing. Sure, yeah. And to take such outlandish characters as the New Gods and Mr. Miracle and all this crazy stuff and to give us such a personal miniseries that he and Mitch Garrods did was just phenomenal. So I hope there's a flavor of that in this movie. I hope sure. they let him get a lot of that personality in there and it's not just a huge spectacle. But, yeah, it's super exciting. Just to see him touching films is exciting. Anything with his, with his name on it, I'm like, great. Take my money. <laughs> Just, as, as a book editor, I have to say I love um, when writers of books or comic books get to um, influence the works that are created from their work. And I think a huge success... Um, would be like someone like Neil Gaiman and for the most part Stephen King when they're involved in the TV or film adaptations it just really helps to keep that um, the essence of the the original content there in the the new adaptation so I think that will be great yeah totally Um, okay here's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna we're starting to run low on time so I'm just gonna rifle off so, I mean, there's so many films on the DC <laughs> slate. It's insane how ambitious they are. <laughs> but um, I'm going to rifle off a few of the ones that have been talked about the most. 
Um, so of these and then of anything else that I haven't mentioned yet, you guys can feel free to throw other ones in. I'm just curious what you're most interested in. Um, so let me just throw a few of these out. We know we're getting sequels to Shazam and Aquaman, um, as well as supposedly films focusing on The Flash, uh, The Trench from Aquaman, The Green Lantern Corps, and, you know, almost any other DC characters you can think of. Um, Sandra, do you want to start us off? What, what are you most excited about of what you've heard about? Of what I've heard about, I would be excited about Shazam and The Flash. And I'll, I know I'll watch the others eventually, probably Aquaman last. But, um, but yeah, I, I think for sure Shazam and The Flash. Cool. Barbara, how about you? Um, <laughs> I'm going to embarrass myself, but I am the only human being alive that had fun when I went to see Green Lantern. Um, <laughs> and so I'm excited about another Green Lantern movie. I recognize that it was not... A good film, but I had fun. Um, you don't need to apologize. But you really there's... don't. <laughs> I have it on my DVD shelf. Granted, I paid three dollars for it, <laughs> and it's it's from more of a point of being a completist. But still, it's That's on the fair. shelf, That's and fair. it's provided great fodder for Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. It, has, it has. That's true. Um, there's a, an animated, and I'm sure that your listeners are familiar with it. But there's an animated movie uh, that is Green Lantern: Emerald Knights, which yeah. is more of vignettes of all of the characters it's really together. Good. But I would love to see something like that. I mean, obviously, it would need to be narratively adapted uh, for a, a feature-length movie. But uh, I, would I, would no. that. I would say no. I would say no. I would be like, so? I would be like, just do this. Just do this. Like literally, please. like you know, I know it's weird, but like, yeah. do a Green Lantern movie that is just, you know, like six Green Lantern stories over the course of two hours, and it's yeah. about how these characters do all this and introduce that world, and just be like hey, we know movies aren't usually like this, but so what? This one is. And I guarantee people would, would you know, respond positively. Yeah. I think for me, I would like to see Green Lantern as more of a DC Universe series. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something that can explore the universe a little bit more widely, take a little bit more time with it. Because it's so huge. It's so unbelievably huge. <laughs> well, and if you, were, if you really want to do this Sinestro sort of turn... Yeah. Uh, doing it in a serialized format where you can really bond the characters of Hal Jordan and Sinestro and then break them apart would be right. the way to do it. Yeah. And I and I don't... That's one of the things that I've, I worry about with a movie like that is I don't want just another Hal Jordan movie. Like sure. I want to see Kyle mm-hmm. Rayner and I want to see Jon Stewart and I want to see some of these other characters too. For sure. Um, what else are you excited about, Brian? Um, I would say that... I, I don't know that it's the, I'm the most excited, but one thing that I don't think will ever get made, but I'm excited about, is The Trench. Yeah. <laughs> um, it seems like this thing that DC does where they, like, have, like, a really, like, they have, like, an excited dream, and they're like, we should do this movie, because yeah. we were excited one day, and then they Let's forget Let's go ahead and it. announce it. <laughs> yeah, they announce it, and then they're like, later, they're like, it's almost like when they, they're drunk when they announce it, and then when they sober up, they're like, why did we announce that we <laughs> yeah. were doing this movie? <laughs> But the trench is is crazy. The idea that they're just like, hey, the crazy horror aspects of Aquaman were strong enough that we want to do a movie just about that. But I think James Wan, obviously, that's a strength for him. And I think that the part where Aquaman had to go into the trench with all those creatures was one of the most strongest visual moments of that film. 
So if they have some weird idea that is like half, you know, uh, you know, um, I don't know, Hercules or, or uh, Jason the Argonauts and, and half DC, you know, like uh, Aquaman, then I'm, I'm interested in that. That's weird and, and out there enough that I would be uh, interested to see, like, what is this film and what are you going to do with it? Yeah. Yeah, it's very intriguing. It was certainly one of the best parts of Aquaman. Um, but I'm just not sure how you drag a whole movie out of it. <laughs> it but is I, a little weird. I'd buy a ticket to find out. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Sure, sure. Um, what DC characters would you guys love to see on screen that haven't been discussed, or at least maybe have, but probably won't really happen? Um, ah. Yeah. I, what do you guys think? Barbara, what do you think about that? Martian Manhunter. Yeah, right. I don't know why, but I really love that character. So do I. And David I think Goyer would so disagree with you. I know. Uh. And, I, and I think I just want to hear Kilowog call people poozers. I just, yeah. I don't know. I guess those two. <laughs> oh um, yeah, Martian Manhunter. I was, I mean, I'm. I like Cyborg in the new iterations of the Justice League and stuff, but it just feels like a gut punch to me that they went back to the original seven and then just knocked out Martian Manhunter. I'm like, come on. So good. What about you, Bryant? What other characters would you like to see? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's a hard one because I, I guess I was thinking earlier today that um, it's not characters that we haven't seen, but I was listening to an, a recent episode of, of Fat Man on Batman and uh, <laughs> Fat Man Beyond. Or, but yeah, sorry, changed names. Yeah, that's now. right. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm not. And he's not fat anymore. Which I know. Is, yeah. I'm so it keeps changing. I yeah. can't keep up. <laughs> He's got vegan powers. Like yeah. the <laughs> um, they, there was someone who was uh, pitching this idea of a, a trilogy of movies that uh, actually adapted Nightfall and had like they oh, were asking yeah. who would you cast as Azrael and Batman and and Bane and their whole point was they they were a big Bane fan and they felt like Bane had not been done correctly mm. on screen yet and. Um, they had I the, the cast that they suggested was Javier Bardem as Bane, um, oh, George Clooney, returning as Batman, and <laughs> uh, Army I think it was Army Hammer as uh, Azrael. Oh, mm. and I I don't know that I would choose exactly those those individuals, but what I did find really interesting it was like you know that's a story that like has a lot of power if you just do it with the right story beats and it would be really cool to see um at least for me i would think the asriel aspect of the story hasn't been touched yet we've done a little bit of breaking the bat but the idea of like someone taking over for batman and then like crossing the line and batman having to kind of come back and and take them on uh that would be really interesting yeah or maybe a modern version of it could be like the arkham knight mm-hmm. but um yeah, that would be really cool. For me, it's it's all about Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson <laughs> is my favorite comic book character. <laughs> I, I remember when I called him kind of a side character or something in reference to Batman 66. Yeah, and what did I throw at you? No, I don't know. I was, Dirty I was, looks. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of shade. Weren't there yeah. a bunch yes. of rumors that Adam Driver was cast as Dick Grayson for a while? I heard that oh, for a wow. while. I, that would be great. I think that could be a good choice. My... My dream casting for Dick Grayson is mm-hmm. um, Stephen Ewan from The Walking Dead. Oh, that would oh, be very cool. cool. Yeah. I think he would be amazing. Um, but I really want to see a Nightwing film. And I just really love the Batman family. 
You know, I know it's so sure. hard to translate that into a film because there's so much history behind it, but Dick Grayson, Tim Drake, Jason Todd, Barbara Gordon, Cassandra Kane, all of these characters. I would just love to see a representation of that. And we've had some good animated representations, but we have, yeah. Live action would be amazing. But it's probably a pipe dream. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't be. It could be done. I know. I know. Maybe someday we can dream, right? Exactly. Um, guys, that's all the questions that I have. Is there anything else that you've been dying to say about DC films that I just haven't set you up for yet? <laughs> no, it's probably better I not say anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I just, all I would repeat is I went from the Doom War Elseworlds. That's my big thing. Yeah. I, want yeah. Red, I want Red Sun. I want, I want uh, Gotham by Gaslight. I want, I mean, let's, let's see some of these, these really cool, unique stories, you know. Totally. I'm right there with you. How about you, Sandra? Anything else you wanted to throw out? I want the Sandman. 100%. Oh, sure. Like, I love Delirium. I love Death. I want to see them depicted on film. I know that Neil Gaiman has teased about it, so I think there's a possibility. Um, I just think they're so rich. Like, I was reading the annotated Sandman, and it's so rich. Like, every single panel involves so much research and has so much history in, in um, to just to create that panel and, and what he, the point that he's making or the characters are making. Um, so I love the Sandman. I would love to see that. And then in general, anything Alan Moore has done, like I know we're going to get the Watchmen, but you know, I'd be down for a review for Vendetta, Constantine, Swamp Thing, um, any of that. I know it's kind of like imprints, but not quite DC, but close enough, right? Yep, for sure. <laughs> Awesome. Well, before we go, Brian and Barbara, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank it's you. been a blast it. to talk with you guys. Remind everybody where they can find Fanbase and everything that you guys are doing. Sure. You can find us at fanbasepress.com. We are on all of the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, YouTube, Twitter, everything except MySpace. Cool. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Poor I think MySpace. that's a good choice. That, that yes. makes sense. <laughs> And I will throw out a plug. Go buy Identity Thief. That brown. Oh, thank you so yeah. much. It is a cool book. Very creepy. If, you like <laughs> if you're looking forward to the trench, <laughs> yes. then you Identity Thief. <laughs> yes. Don't read it in the dark. I don't know how you'd read a comic in the dark, but don't do it. Yes. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us. It's been awesome. Thank you so much well, for having you. us. We appreciate it. Well, that's it for today's show. As Daryl mentioned at the top of the show, if you missed last week's episode on Aquaman, be sure to check it out on our podcast feed or on our blog at thestorygeeks.com. And don't miss our upcoming series on the X-Men films. You can subscribe for free on your preferred podcast provider. If you enjoyed today's show or any of the Story Geeks podcast, be sure to share our show with a geek friend or review the Story Geeks podcast on iTunes. We are going to switch over now to our aftercast, so I hope you'll enjoy us for that as well. Brian and Barbara will be hanging out with us as we talk about other DC adaptations that we've loved over the years. Plus, we have a brief lesson on why you may want to give that Green Lantern film another try. Get more information on our aftercast and all our other current content over at storygeeks.com. Well, thanks for listening, and as always, Question everything in your favorite geek stories and always seek the truth.
We just want to say a special thanks to all of the amazing people who help us produce the Story Geeks by supporting us on Patreon. They are Anthony Holder, Adam Vargas, Bob Sherfield, Brianna, Bryce Cox, Connie Moe, Jessica Pritchett, Jim and Mary Baldwin, Joshua Beckham, Jeremy and Kimberly Lejeau, Monty Thigpen, Nick Prokop, Ray DeLeon, Samuel Pelican, and Wade Johnson. We love you guys. You are awesome. Thank you for everything. To gain access to our Aftercast and unlock more Patreon rewards, or just to support the show in general, please head over to thestorygeeks.com for more info.